0: All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to Make It Plain, Wayne, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, (laughs) and this is Elevated Friendship. So, for today's topic, I want to deal with the valleys and mountains of depression. And the way I got roped into this and how I got pulled down into this, dragged down into this, um, ironically was, you know, seeing and hearing about, uh, you know, people that I look up to, people that I care about, good people, great people, heroic people, people filled with light, uh, somehow extinguished and coming to an untimely and uh, too short of an end. So we have, uh, we have a choice to make every day. And whether we realize it or not, we take the experiences of each day, each week, each month, each year, decade, and, and however else you want to phrase time, we take that into each day. And I used to hear this phrase a lot a few years ago that hurt people hurt people. So we have a choice to make every day and how we're going to spread or <laughs> repel that Negative, draining, confusing, and uh, detrimental energy. So this is something that we have to do on our own. This is something that we have to do for ourselves. Um, No one will do this for us. So where have I seen this? Where have I seen the valleys and mountains of depression, low self-esteem, and, and you know basically in short, it's losing. Why are we losing? Where have I seen this and why are we losing? We have so many great tales of people overcoming, so many great tales of people rising up, so many tales of people climbing out of that valley, that swamp. That desert, that icy tundra, and and getting to the top of that mountain. Some have even risked frostbite just to get to the top. So, why are we still getting beat up by this? So, here's my idea. One thing that kind of stands out the news and the media, notable events, weather, and sports in EWS, notable events weather and sports, the news will lay out the stories as soon as they can get them. Now, these are things that you wouldn't know on your own. Now, we can gossip really good. We can spread information really good through text message, through Facebook, through, you know, Twitter and and, and Instagram and, you know, the, these powerful canons of social media. We can do that. But With the news, it's a little bit different. With the news, it's a little bit more official. And they'll wrap up the story with more to come later, or we'll follow up with this, or back to you, you know, a certain person. And, you know, they'll go on about their business and they lay down the story as soon as they get it. Um, It might be the beginning of a story. It might be the middle of the story. It might be the end of the story. But you never quite know where it, you know, where it will be. The thing is with depression and low self-esteem and the things that come from it, the things that cause it. And what I have seen, which I, you know, I want to be very gentle with this word with suicide, because it seems like we hear about this too late. Our comedians, our war veterans, PTSD, and are light givers, these are people that constantly give light, they give hugs, they invite you over to their house, they cook you food, they're loving, they're charming, they're beautiful, they're great people. They seem to only be able to do the right thing and only be able to care. So it it forced me to ask a question. These powerful people, these superhumans, these knights and, and, and warriors, is there... Damage under the armor? Now, I mean, you might say that's a dumb question if we're talking about, you know, something that ultimately leads to suicide. But if you've already answered that question, that means you're just as guilty as I am. Is there damage under the armor? So... (laughs) With our comedians, the first thing that, that usually pops up out of my you know, mind are comedians, our entertainers, our actors, our actresses, uh, you know, these people that, that make a great living inspiring us, making us laugh, making us think, making us cry, you would think the, the last thing they would do, the last thing they would do is anything that could interrupt what they do so well which is entertain us, which is bring us joy, bring us happiness, make us think, take us to the deepest places of our heart and contemplate life and make us better. They actually make us better by showing us exactly what we are. They're, they're a, a hyper-focused mirror that has smoke and light and, 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 and energy behind it. But that's just it. We keep thinking about us. We we never stop to check in on them. And (laughs) that's the funny thing is, let's say you look at them as your salt shaker, pepper shaker, hot sauce, chocolate syrup, caramel syrup. Well, at some point, those things are going to get empty. So if you really enjoy them, if you really like them for what they are, it might be good a good idea to check on them to see if they're almost empty. To see what's, you know, going on with them. How are they doing? Hey, just call to see how you're doing, just call to see what's up. I didn't want anything. Just wanna see if you're empty. <laughs> wanna see if you're full. So if we're not gonna take the time to check, that's kind of dangerous. We should have just as much of a desire to receive as we do to give. Why not make sure that this well-oiled machine, this this beautifully functioning thing uh, 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 that gives you laughter, that gives you self-reflection, that gives you joy, is taken care of. Now, this person, this man, this woman, they don't know what they do for you but you know, you know what they do for you. And that's why I think it's, it's. we need to be careful with social media, with our complaints, with our criticisms, especially for those of you who haven't done an ounce of work in this field. You know, if if you've sold out crowds, if you've been in front of the camera, if you've been in the director's seat, If you've done the job of the person that you're criticizing on that level, I can understand. But I know you and I both know the notes would be a little bit different. And if someone were to criticize you on your job and and give you the same energy, the same approach, the same tone, the same uh, delivery, if they were to give that to you the same way you're giving it to this person and criticizing their career or how they look, or their hair, their nose, their face, their legs, their arms, their body. You wouldn't stand five minutes if we turn the gun the other way. Yeah, it's that powerful. We never quite take the time to consider, what's our role in this? Like, how do I, you know, look in this whole story? Did I contribute to any of this, to any of this? because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If it takes a village to raise a child, I want you to explain to me what it takes to successfully run a company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It takes a village to raise a child. And some of you know what this village is because of the people that you think of when you grow up and you, you know, think back to all those good times. You think about that village, but... What does it take to successfully run a company? You have the CEO, you have a board, you have some, you know, people underneath that board that operate with them, a couple, you know, subsidiaries, then you've got kind of like the meat, the, the, the meat and potatoes of, of the work, the workers, you have this large system just to keep this one company running. So if it takes a village to raise a child, think about what it takes to run a company. Well... A lot of times that company is you. So, (laughs) yeah, we have a lot of weight behind us. And we take into each day with us. We're we're actually a company. We're a whole company able to summon and use the tools of almost all technology, (laughs) all education, languages, all of this. And with the swipe of a few keys, we interact not just with one person, but with the whole world. The whole world can look and read these comments. Now, when I say company, I, I really mean that. We are a whole company. And anyone and everyone at, at, at one point in time can take the necessary tools to build or raise themselves up into a position where we we follow them. We do this with our politicians. We do this with our our athletes. We do this with our actors and actresses. We compare them to one another because we all are a company in our own respect, in our own regard, and we attach things to us. And this is what I'm saying. We have these comedians these war vets, these these light givers, these people that give us such radiance, such greatness, and we never check in on them to see if they need to be fed, to see if they need anything from us. They're a salt shaker, a pepper shaker. They're a a hot sauce. (laughs) They're a a caramel sauce. They're a a hot chocolate syrup. They're these delicious things. And we look at them as just the utility without realizing that, man, don't they need to be replenished? Don't they need to be filled? And what does it take to refill them with what they are that makes them so great? We got to take time to think about that stuff. What's hard for me is with our war vets, our veterans, our armed service, this this PTSD. Now, this doesn't serve true in all cases, but... When they come back here, if they've been through something, we applaud them when they get back, we high five them, we pay for their meals, we treat them great. But then when it's time for them to have a job, the, the leadership that protected this country, the mind that did what was necessary so you can sleep at night, isn't good enough to work here. I have a hard time with that. In a sense, you're, you're treating them like a condom, like an old broken toilet. They completed their function for that day, but since now they're, you know, sullied or damaged or used, they're no longer useful in this other place, in these other markets. I have a problem with that because to me, I feel like that's what we're saying. And when they go over and get injured and need the help, and they're lined up around the office, lined up down the hallway just to get some help for their body. I, I can't say that we're caring about this, that we care about them. And it, it, it kind of begs the question, should we even be there if we can't even take care of our own people? Now, I know what you're saying. Let's not go political. That's not my point. My point is, are we taking care of the people that take care of us, simply. That's it. You've got a horse, and the horse can make it X amount of miles. If you expect them to do double, are you going to feed that horse? It's no different than you. If you're going to go out and do a certain uh, exercise or a certain work, you're going to run a marathon, you're going to run a a super marathon, whatever it is you're going to do. Your body is gonna require a little bit more to do more. You wanna do more, you gotta eat more. You gotta train smart, you gotta be smarter, you have to replenish better. And then the last aspect of this, these are light givers. These are people that, I mean, they continue to make us happy. They're not entertainers. They're not as known, they're not known as well as entertainers. They're not known as well as, you know, our military, our armed services, you know. They're not these men and women. They're actually people in our lives. They're people that we see at the mall. They're people that we see just walking and talking about. And what you don't know is that behind closed doors, these people are fighting a battle tougher than anything you've ever faced. I don't know if that's because of the past. I don't know if it's because of something they've been dealing with presently. I don't know what it is, but we just assume, well, this is my life. This is how things are. And then we don't get a chance to say, I'm sorry, because we've been making fun of them. We've been making jokes, jabbing at them, not checking on them to see if they understand our joke, not checking on them to see if they're weak. They're brittle. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there is such a thing as too far. Like, oh, it was just a joke. It's not just a joke. You don't know what that joke did to that person. If you're close enough to that person and you love that person enough, you'll understand what that joke did to them or what that joke really means to them. Like for me, I always wondered why I love, 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 R and B music so much in the winter time. Then I started sitting back and thinking, I never had a depressing winter. I was never depressed in the winter, and I had all the reason to be, um, especially in high school. Um, you know, it was when you know my parents divorced. I had a lot of crazy stuff going on, you know, in, in my personal life as well. Just, you know, with my own head mentally. And still trying to you know figure things out. Things were very muddy. Things were very mushy, um, for me. And you just don't understand sometimes how valuable something is to you. Take a moment, turn back and look, and you're like, "Wow, that really helped me." And that was my thing, R and B. And I would tell people this, not realizing what it was doing. But I would listen to R and B strictly. During the winter time, I might listen to like some hip hop or whatever, but I would listen to um, a couple R and B playlists. And you know, when I was younger, I, we just had cassette tapes, so <laughs> I would make my cassette tape. I'd run up and hit the record button and stop <laughs> when the radio when the song would stop on the radio. Because I mean, you know, my parents weren't buying all those tapes and, and music. You know, it's it's too hard to keep up, and they wanted me to learn how to work for those things instead of just giving them to free to me freely. So instead of going out and buying a whole bunch of records, I'd sit by the radio, hit record, record my, you know, songs. And I have a nice little tape. I'd have a nice tape for the week, the weekend. Then when I was old enough, I could afford, you know, some music and I'd, you know, go buy some Brian McKnight, some Mary J. Blige. I still love Mary J. Blige, uh, Mariah Carey. And, you know, later you get to, you know, the Alicia Keys and, you know, Ariana Grande and, um, you know, all all these These great singers. I mean, who's out now? You got like, um, uh, what is her name? I can't remember her name. The, the blonde. Um, It'll come to me. But you all, you all know who I'm talking about. We just have so many great singers, songwriters, and I wasn't looking for their sappy, sad love stories. What I was looking for. Was that feeling of greatness that they were singing about—the power and the beauty in love? Because that love is one of the greatest drugs and and drives in us. And hearing them sing about that during the winter time, that carried me through. Like that was beautiful. That was great. And I mean, I know you know for a lot of people, this is it, it's it's jazz, it's gospel music, it's uh, uh you know some type of band, you know, that gets them through and it gets them going. But you don't know what people are going through and, and you don't know if that's their thing. So if, if people want to make fun of me because of that and laugh at me because of my R&B music, whatever it is, why are you tearing down a, a mental tank, a mental uh, fortress that is giving me light? So before you go to tear somebody's thing down, you might want to find out, hey, why do you like uh, why do you like the Cleveland Browns so much or why do you why are you such a uh, Oregon, you know, Ducks fan or why why do you um, why do you like dance so much? Why do you like tap dance so much? You know, it might bother you that they like this thing so much because you just don't understand it. But do you have a negative connotation with that thing? And are you bothered by it? And is that why you're not, you know, a supporter of it? So before you go, make sure you know what that thing is doing. Make sure you know what's what's going on, what's happening. And I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what makes you happy. Maybe it's collecting, you know, porcelain dolls maybe it' was collecting you know marble figures, whatever it is it makes you feel a certain way. I would just hope that it it wasn't something that takes up too much room because hoarding you know hoarding while it may be kind of fun in a, a certain way to collect a certain thing um, once those things start to pile up and stack up you're you're you become more of a trophy than the things that you're collecting and you actually become the thing that you're collecting and and that's not. What I'm trying to get at here, I don't want you to fill the room with a bunch of things that that you enjoy. I'd rather you have more experiences, life experiences where you can enjoy and love and and achieve uh, uh, greater things. So. <laughs> I'm going to say something that kind of contradicts almost everything that I was saying earlier, but here's my point. These people that might cross you, these people that might make fun of the very things that you're building up, at some point, you do have to find a way to interact with them better. They don't know that what they're doing is hurting you. They don't know the effects of what they're saying when they say it. They are not seeking out to hurt you intentionally Now, the tail that they're dragging, you know, I'm going to use a metaphor as if they're a dragon with a spiky tail. They may not know that when they turn around that that tail whips you and hits you in the side. It hits you in the legs, the arms. They don't know that that tail is whipping and hitting you when they turn. But it does and it hurts. And we do this way too much. And even the people that are hurt that need what I'm saying that need the help and need the building and need to keep their mental fortresses do this as well. So if you're hurt and hurting, understand that you can go out and do that to somebody else as well. So don't do it. Now, everybody's not nice like me. They're not going to take the time to think, Oh man, I really shouldn't have said that. Or, Oh man, like I, that's probably going to hurt this person. I, I should probably cool it. Not everybody's going to be nice like me. I understand. And not everybody's going to be able to sit on their hands. But after you say what you said and get it off your chest, were you saying that to be honest and truthful? Or were you just saying it because it feels good? And that's, that's the real question. Like, here's an example. Just telling somebody, God, I hate your mom. That came out of emotion. But telling somebody, God, I hate this job or God, I, I, I hate that you work for such and such. Now, that's a little bit different because then you can explain. You, you have some actual time to explain. Telling somebody you hate this street or telling somebody you hate a city, basically not pointing it at an individual person. You have some time to explain that. That's OK. That's all right. But when you point it at an individual person, I mean, that's that's a grenade. That's a cut that it, it, it's a it's a wound. It and I don't know when it's going to heal. One other very powerful thing, if I can give you all anything, the mind is just like or similar to the very planet that we live on. It's almost identical you have places that you can see that are very easy to explore, easy to to, you know, glorify. They're easy to photograph. They're easy to to adore and wonder at the Niagara Falls, the the Rocky Mountains, you know, the 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 Grand Canyon, and you know, you've got these 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 great rainforests and these beautiful things. And then there's those things that are a little bit harder to get to, a little bit harder to explore. You're not going to be able to walk across a whole desert. You're not going to be able to climb to the top of a specific mountain without the right gear. You're not going to be able to go and swim all the way down to certain depths of the ocean. And I mean, just because you can jump out of a plane and <laughs> and parachute down, I mean, that doesn't mean you can go equally as deep and, and live the same way. I mean, there's Altitudes that we can climb to that are actually safe for us above ground, but then you go below ground. And I mean, to drill down and go down into the earth or the water that far down, there's just so much pressure. I mean, it's. I don't know. I I really don't know all the figures and the numbers on how to survive that much pressure and what type of suit you would need. But I know it's a lot. It's scary. (laughs) But. Our mind is the exact same way. Our mind is built with a capability and a utility in it to where there can be things buried so deep that you forget they're even there and they're there. The mind is so powerful and so beautiful and so vast that, yes, it does have safe places Great places, beautiful places, but also places that those deserts, those icy terrains, those mountains that would frostbite and mean an, an untimely death that would actually take you out. There are parts of the mind exactly like this as well. And, and while I'm on, you know, those scarce, nasty places. So. A lot of people just jump to the darkness. Oh, it's, it's, it's those are dark places, dark times. It was darkness. Darkness is how we sleep. It's how we rest. Darkness is how we were created to come out of a man. You rest in darkness. To, to be in a woman. And, and months later become, you know, fetus, infant, baby. You're born from darkness into light. So maybe the thing we need to focus on is what happens in that darkness, because darkness is not evil. Only an immature, a vengeful or a nasty thing would try to take advantage of you during your rest. This is why when a woman is pregnant, we do everything we can to protect her. We do everything that we can to keep harm from her way we don't want her shoveling snow on an icy day. We don't want her mowing the grass on a hundred degree day. We don't, (laughs) we, we don't want her, you know, walking around with a handgun, you know, we don't want her doing anything that would harm that baby, that life. That baby is resting in a comfort and peace and rest. And I I even had a, a young lady explain to me that, a baby can only see darkness for the first few days until their eyes develop. Now let me ask you, is that baby evil because they can't see the light because their eyes are in darkness? Is that baby evil because they're in 9 months of darkness? Is sperm evil because it is consistently in darkness? Now there might be some light, you know, the body isn't a solid block of 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 rock or ice or whatever. Like you can you can kind of see some light with you know, in the body with the right cameras and right things, but everybody's sleeping in eight hours of evil. Our night is completely consumed with 12 hours of evil, the color black on a car or a human being or the black hair and black, black eye pupils are evil. Everything that's black is evil. Well, okay. We're, we're, we're not going to make it then. <laughs> if there's that much evil we're not going to make it. So come on now, let let's stop with the fairy tales and all of that. We you have to increase your understanding. Not everything that's dark black. Not, I mean, I understand what people mean when they say darkness and evil. But if you really specify what it is that happened or what it is or how it happened, you understand that people take advantage of things. If the light is bright enough, shine in one direction. You can do the same damage that you would do with light, deer in headlights. So, overwhelming someone is how you take advantage of them. Too much laughter, too much pleasure, too much of anything will overwhelm you, and that's why I say in the mind we have things that you can see very well, that you can understand very well, because a blind man can understand things very well, and their life is specifically in darkness. Is that evil? But to them, being able to feel braille and being able to understand what they're touching and hearing is their understanding. So that makes it very clear for them. Yeah, two people, uh, uh, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, They're musical geniuses and they haven't spent, you know, I know in Ray Charles case, more than 10 years, you know, actually able to see. So the terrain that we understand and the terrain that we do not um, are can be very vast and beautiful. But at the same time that we don't the the area we don't understand, um, it can be very hard to you know navigate through. And that's how the mind is. So we have to be careful. And that's why for me, I say, oh, man, I've got my R&B, I've got my coffee. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, it was just the R&B. Now I've got R&B and coffee. So I win. <laughs> I win every day. <laughs> you know, you got Starbucks and scooters and I mean, you've got all this stuff you can enjoy. Um, but we have to be careful. My personal journey, um, the way I first encountered depression was in my teenage years. Uh, it just came all at once. You know, you're going through puberty. You're, you know, your school is changing. Life is changing. All this stuff is changing. And you're just confused. You have all this energy, all this emotion, testosterone, all this stuff. Like, how do you really use it? What do you really do? And at that time, it was like, I was just failing stuff. I went from going to honor roll to just failing classes. It, I just wasn't doing very good. <laughs> it was, It was like stupidity. I would just walk around dumb. And knowing that I was dumb and knowing that I wasn't doing anything right, I just felt like, well... God, like, what can I do? I mean, all I can do is play video games and eat candy. Like, I can't do anything right. And I'm getting trouble for not doing anything right. So, like, what, what can I do? And, I mean, the only thing that brought me out of it was a verified love. Like, people don't understand. You need to know that people love you with the discipline. It's easy to slap somebody and say, get in line and shut up. It's easy to slap somebody and say you're doing it wrong. That's easy. But if there's love behind it, a drive and a focus and and a a willingness to show that person, hey, this, this is what you're doing right now. This is what you should be doing. And this is why. This is where you're at right now. This is what you should be doing. And this is why. And, and and break it down to them. It'd be much better to fill their mind with great things and consistently work on that, where they are, where they should be, and how they get there, and why, than to just yell at them. It's, it's the same thing we do in rush hour traffic. Nobody knows where anyone else is going that day, but we honk and we yell at them as if, you know, They're our problem. (laughs) We honk and yell at them as if they actually know what we're trying to do. And we're all trying to use the same road. And at that point, we might all be going the same direction. But nobody knows where, you know, the other is going. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's just important to fill a mind With the goal, it's so much more important to fill the mind with the goal, the outcome of the goal and what that goal means, not just a year from now, but five years from now. So where you're at, what you should be doing, why. And where this goal will put you. So. Fear does that fear does that very well. Fear robs you of where you're at. Fear will take away the why. Fear will take away the, the the where you're at, the why, the what you should be doing, and then what happens later. It just completely covers all of it and knocks everything around. And you don't realize it, but it just con- consistently robs you. Fear, doubt. It's like the, the, the fear and doubt it's an invisible torture that nobody else can see. And you're, you're just robbed. And people don't realize this. You, you can't just yell at people and throw things at people and, and expect them to catch it. That's not how it works. And I, I for me specifically, I am highly detail-oriented. And this is a very random thing because I... <laughs> I can recall movies for you that I watched five years ago as if we're watching them right now. Now, the only reason why this works against me is if if I'm struggling with something, especially during my teenage years. If I'm struggling with something and trying to get something done, I can't because it has to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. My shoes don't look right. I can't even I can't go to school today. I don't have the right outfit. I don't have the right clothes. I, I, I'm, I don't talk right. I don't sound right. What I, I, they said, I don't look like this. They said, I don't look like that. They, 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 I've got a, a crowd. I've got all these people to impress all these people. I'm letting down. I've got all this. It's too many minds. <laughs> I've got a mind for this, a mind for that, a mind for this, a mind for that. And later in life, You know, I really wish I would have had this talk with a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, I actually interviewed. Um, He said that done is better than perfect. He said, think about it like this. What kind of phone do you have? I was like, oh, you know, it's a droid and blah, blah, blah. He was like, what model is it? And we get into that discussion and he's like, why don't you have a perfect phone? I'm like, hmm. That word perfect is it's pretty important word, it's a pretty strong word. And so his point was if you had the perfect phone, it wouldn't be in your hands yet. They they'd still have to work on it and perfect it and work it and perfect it and work it and perfect it. You'd never have it. The very essence of what was in my mind in my teenage years. You'd never have anything if we waited for perfection. So he said done is better than perfect. Let's just get it done. And for some people, because of OCD, and I do want to talk about that a little bit, because of OCD and because of arrogance, they won't allow anything but perfection because of pride. Because of arrogance and pride, they won't let anything but perfection out of the door. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being stuck in a tunnel of your own Of your own critiquing because you want to be better and you don't see yourself as better. You want to do well, but you don't see yourself as well. You want to do great, but you don't see yourself as great. And he said, done is better than perfect. So guess what? I might not wear $1,000 shoes, $1,000 socks, two, three, $5,000 suits when I walk out of the door but I'm going to look nice. I'm going to look clean. I'm going to look presentable. Now, I have plenty of, of people in my life as an example to show me how to do that. And one of the things, and I don't know if this is something that you all struggled with or something that you've known, but concussion, concussion protocol. When athletes are hit, especially in football, um, you know, you have boxers, fighters. When you go through that concussion protocol A lot of people don't understand. Just like I said earlier, the mind is just like the planet and the globe. You move some of that stuff around. And I've had concussions. I've had falls and and accidents um, where if you're in a car accident or if you've had, you know, some type of damage to your body from either sports or, you know, some type of casualty, you know (laughs) things are just off. And and in one sp- specific case, I actually had a concussion while actually uh, trying to study for something. And you're not supposed to do that. And I had a deadline. I had a time. I had a, nothing but pressure and unemployment on the other side of this goal. So I get this concussion and literally the only... <laughs> The only thing waiting for me on the other side of uh, uh, this goal was unemployment if I didn't have uh, all of the demands met at this specific time. So you're supposed to relax and and not have, you know, certain things in your way during this, you know, concussion protocol. And that was all I could do. <laughs> I had the fear of unemployment, which is another main driver of depression the fear of unemployment the fear of not doing well and the fear of basically not making any money while going through concussion protocol I mean I I I was married at the time I didn't I just asked my wife dumb questions I was like hey am I doing okay like hey watch me do this not do something like play a video game and I'm like hey what what am I doing wrong? Like, I feel like I'm not learning. Like I'm, you know, and, and it's something that <laughs> it's something that no one can explain to you until you go through it. You just feel like you're not even learning anything. It's like, God, I, I feel like if there's 14 stairs, you take 15 steps to, up to ultimately get up to the top. But you can tell in your brain that you're not making that connection. You just, you never get off the stairs. You just consistently stopped at that 14th stair when it actually takes 15 to get up to the top and move freely. So <laughs> when things have been knocked loose a little bit, you need to take time to heal. You need to take time to be better. You need to take time to, to do great. And you do need to reach out to people and let them know. Hey, I'm still struggling with this. I think I need more time. And you don't use that time to take advantage of people. You're using that time to be great. You're using that time to do great. There is a difference between healing and taking advantage of people. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't like the position you're in right now, taking advantage of people is not the way to get ahead. Yes, be smarter, heal, be healthy. And yes, we should all be accountable for our actions with one another and healing and helping one another. But if you don't like the position you're in now, taking advantage of people is going to for sure solidify that you will stay where you're at or get hit with something even harder later on in life. I can guarantee you that. But for me, the, 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 the fight with depression, I'd say... Two of the biggest times, not just uh, in my teenage years and after concussion, but when the planets disappear. And I'm using a metaphorical term because I I have to branch out because some of you have been through things worse than what I've been through, more than what I've been through. Um, When the planets disappear, And you just look out into the solar system, into our constellation, and Venus is gone. When a planet leaves our solar system, that's bad business. (laughs) It really throws things off. When we're not the third rock from the sun anymore, it's really bad for business. When we lose a loved one, when people die, it takes a piece of us with them. Yes, we should honor their life with legacy, but sometimes we don't get to that. Sometimes we have to work on our our healing. And some of us need more help healing than others. Not all of us have the same experiences with everybody. So that healing might be a little bit different. And then the last piece for me is when the truths are false. When the truth is false, when the truth is false. What everybody is claiming to be the truth and jamming down your throat as the truth is false. What do you do? It's like, God, man, what do you do? If I were to drive down the street right now, a known street that you know that I know, and you come to that street and everything is closed, now that would kind of scare you a little bit. It bother you a little bit. But if you were to come there the next day and see that everything was bulldozed over. Okay. But to come there the, the following day and see that there was nothing but fields of green grass or dirt or rock. I mean, come on. If these are places, memories, Or people that you've enjoyed, that you've had a great time to just see them gone. And that was your truth. And that's what you were built on. That was your foundation or what you loved, whatever it is. It's hard. It really is hard. And I had two friends confide in me. um, You know, one in the military, one not. And just explain you know, one, had just explained how he had been down this road multiple times. Where for him, it was just getting so bad where he just didn't really care anymore. It was the why am I here conversation. And then to hear another friend talk about that. I'm so glad they got help. One was saying, I'm never going to be the guy that needs medication. I'm never going to be the type that needs this kind of help. I'm never going to be the type that sits down in front of somebody. I can do this on my own. Well, the thing we fail to realize in almost every case is we didn't build the human body. We didn't build the brain. So if you didn't build it, you don't really know how it works. Now, you know how you feel. You know, you know what you like. That's that's great. That's fine. But you don't necessarily know how the human brain functions, how it's built, how to repair it, how to do brain surgery. You've never been a surgeon. You've never studied the central nervous system. You really don't know. So I'm really thankful that these two friends of mine were smart enough, cared enough, or, and maybe I should just say, feared. They had enough fear to fear what life would would be like without us. So I'm going to be selfish and say, I'm glad they thought about us because I know it doesn't always happen that way. When we lose a friend or family member to suicide, an entertainer, someone that's great, an athlete to suicide, we haven't really done them the due diligence and the justice to understand them. So to say they were selfish, to say this, that, I don't think we really understand because you would have to be in that specific situation and that specific mindset to really understand why they did what they did. If something is broken, it's not going to function like a healthy road, like a healthy artery or healthy brain cells. If something is broken is broken. You can't expect a broken leg to function like an Olympian's, hundred percent firing muscles and quick twitch fibers you just can't so saying that someone was selfish saying that someone was dumb saying that someone was moronic saying that someone was evil or left their kids behind a child behind i understand the hurt and the pain say exactly what they did they left you with a lot of hurt and pain But they don't they didn't understand what they really did at that moment. They left us with what they thought and what they thought was influenced by nothing but all the wrong things. Because if they were influenced by the right things, how much we love them, how much we want them here, how much we believe in them, how much we need them and want to see old age out of them. You would know. You would know 100% if they knew, hey, I want to see you tomorrow. If they knew, hey, come over here, get a plate. Got some food for you. Got some, you know, lasagna or a, a cold beer, whatever it is. I got a cold beer waiting on you. Every day, every Wednesday, we hang out every time. And we don't, I, I don't think we really understand It's not necessarily just the family gatherings. It's the gatherings. They're good. They really are good. Keep those. Everybody's kind of operating in their own pocket and their own society. And I get it. I love Facebook. I love Instagram, you know, Twitter, social media. I love all that stuff. I love the chat rooms and all that. And and I know everybody's getting whooped and slapped up over, you know, all the, the screen time. I get it. I love that stuff. I'm having a great time with technology and all the stuff we use. I, I love it. It's great. But, but don't get it twisted. All that stuff is great and popular because of people. Go and spend time with people. You should have a balance, you know, between your screen time and your personal time. I love the way women smell. I love the way women look and the way women feel. That is why I have the relationship with my wife. Not because I'm on my phone all day. Now, if it's a conference call or a conference to learn better on women, marriage, all that. Great. Like, that's great. But all that stuff is going to make me better with people unless it has that specific goal to make me better with people. So while until we are certified in removing suicide and removing all these negative thoughts and removing bullies and removing you know, these negative behaviors, we don't need HR, (laughs) we don't need a, a complaint department or reporting and don't need to do things anonymous. Until we remove all that, we still have to go back to the basics. You need to talk to one another. You need to talk to somebody and you need help. We need help. That's okay. People don't understand. We have spent so much more money on what we want because we haven't taken time to develop the things that we need. Now I don't know what the figures are. I don't know, you know, what the numbers are. But I'm pretty. I'll go out on a limb and say we've probably spent more money in Vegas gambling than we have working on cures for cancer and and life illing life life ending diseases. And we've probably spent more money on porn and uh all those pleasures then we've spent on, you know, removing the threats of suicide and PTSD and, you know, things like just getting, you know, good good recovery for our veterans that are coming back. So <laughs> we really, 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 really love putting the money on the things that we want. And I, I believe it's because we haven't really focused on the needs. And that's on us. It's not gonna come from up top. It's not gonna come from you know, all those people that we've thrown the votes to, it's going to come from us just having common sense. It's just common sense. Are you going to take care of the things that are in front of you? So it's on us to motivate ourselves, to feed ourselves good energy. It's on ourselves to feed our family good energy. You reap what you sow. What are you sowing? What do you want to come back to you? Do you want somebody to constantly come and point their finger at you and tell you what's wrong and tell you how you're messing up or would you have, rather have them give you the discipline and then tell you why and then tell you how much you're worth and then tell you what they expect out of you and then tell you what is the one and five and 10 year plan of why they're telling what they're telling you. We got to feed good energy. Now, Sure as a friend, as a coach, as a mentor, as anything. You can give people advice all day and they won't take it. You can give people suggestions all day and they won't take it. They won't listen. And if they keep coming to you with the same messed up problems, the same messed up issues, the the injuries, whatever it is, you know they They keep dating, lying, cheating men or lying, cheating women or women that don't respect them or men that don't respect them, whatever it is. Yeah, they're going to keep doing it. You're going to still keep giving them advice and still keep loving and helping them. But when they start to see that other people that you're helping other people that you're, you know. Giving advice to are doing good in life. That's on them. That really is on them. If you're constantly being that source of light, of love, of truth and giving a clear, uh, a clear vision of an expectation, one, five, 10 years. That really is on them. But do the work. Be caught doing good. Be caught lifting. Be caught building. Be caught doing all these great things. Don't just throw them to the side and say, well, I, I did my best. I'm done. If they come to you, tell them, hey, you, you know, you, you screwed up. Like, I just, I gotta be honest, you screwed up. And this is why you had this opportunity and you're worth it. You are worth more than what you gave. You're worth more than this person. You're worth more than this place. You're worth more than this city. And you settled. You could have this, this, and this. Because in one year's time, you'll have this. In five years' time, you'll have this. In 10 years' time, you'll have this. You don't have to settle. You don't have to be anxious. You're worth more. So be more. Build yourself into more. You don't have to run it and just say, I'm this, I'm that. And and, and argue. You argue within your own mind what you are and tell yourself what you are and you're so much more. That's okay to tell people that tell them you love them. Tell them you care. I'm saying this because I love you and I care. You're settling. You think you're ranked 15th. You're actually ranked number one. You think you're worth this kind of person. You're actually worth better. (laughs) You want to, you want to catch who's at the bar when the lights are down low, when you should be going and dating Miss America. You think you're worth the guy that (laughs) can't, can't stay in and out of jail or, or, you know, can barely tie his shoes, can barely wipe properly. You think you're worth that guy. And and you're worth some of the guys on the (laughs) bachelor and bachelorette, but you have to do your own maintenance. You got to build yourself on up. You can take that however you want physically, mentally, You're worth more, so be more. So here's some encouragement. (laughs) If you didn't know I wanted to encourage you already, here's some more encouragement. What you give to people, it's so much greater than gold. And it's worth so much more than money. Money is something that we created as people. We need you and your journey. It really is incomplete. It really is. We have so much more to do. And and for me personally, old age is the only way that, you know, we really get to see the fruits and the maturity of that effort. So (laughs) I'm going to read you what I put out in social media. I put this out a few days ago. This is what I put. This is what I typed. (laughs) Someone needs to see this. There is a highest high and a lowest low. No matter how many times you drop, please come back. Your value can only be seen in years to come. These pages of sunlight, love and happiness may be interrupted at times, but there is more. I need you. We need you. And love is incomplete. It love is an incomplete book without you. Please be encouraged. I, I want to see that full value. And if you're like me, I want to be one of those happy old men. You know, you ever seen those happy old men, those happy old women? You you try telling me that they didn't spend the life trying to sow positive energy into their lives. And I've seen this in various backgrounds. If you think it's one certain background, I've seen it in various backgrounds. Travel the world, travel the globe. Really pay attention to who's a happy old man, who's a happy old woman. They might have a lot of money. They might have a little money. Really pay attention to that and try to tell me they didn't sow good energy and encouragement into their lives. I can guarantee it's coming back. So, sow that. When you see the grumpy old men, old women, if it isn't because of something mental, it's probably a hardship of the life that they had sown. We should be giving back to you. If you're that salt pepper, that salt shaker, I'm sorry, salt and pepper shaker, the hot sauce, you're the chocolate syrup, you're the caramel, whatever sauce or seasoning you are, you're giving and seasoning. We've got to make sure that you're full. We've got to make sure that you're still what you are and what makes you great. So we've got to give back to you, but don't don't mistake. You do need to make sure that you're doing your own maintenance. Build yourself up. Become more. Be better. And 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 while we need to sow into you and build you, make sure that you're building you too. This is a sandwich. You build yourself. We need to build you up too. Because let's be honest. The world is taking way too much from you. And we built that. We did that to ourselves. So, the world is so full of mental constructs and and systems and there isn't some secret society behind closed doors. It isn't the man. It isn't politics. It isn't the white house. We do this consistently. We do this to one another. We know right from wrong. We know common sense yet we continue to spread the things that don't help us. We do that. So the positive energy. I know not, not everybody's like me. Not everybody's nice. You don't want to give money to the homeless. You don't, you know, I, I know that's okay. But if, if you're lucky like me, you have a, a, a pessimist in your life when you're the optimist. They keep it real with you. Hey, that was a really nice thing you did, but like, it was kind of dumb because that guy is a scammer. But now, you know, if you're an optimist, you need a pessimist around you. You guys are going to do great together. (laughs) You'll keep each other balanced. But hey, I'm out of here. I want you all to have a great week, a great weekend. I love you. I hope you love me back. And I hope you're encouraged. Feed yourself positive energy. And to all of you that are listening, feed us all positive energy. These people that are giving are giving too much. They're giving so much that they don't know what it's worth anymore. They can't see the end. They can't see the finish line. We need to make sure we encourage them all the way through. Otherwise, they'll stop running. All right. I love you all. Hope you love me back. Have a great week, great weekend. I'll see you soon.